Hey there, dog people of the internet. I'm Sarah Stremming, and this is Cog Dog Radio. Join me as I share my thoughts, experiences, and cases, as I interview experts and answer your questions when it comes to the behavior of the dogs we live and play with. It's a new year and I have a news flash. Black lives still matter. I'm looking forward in 2021 to not only continuing to donate to causes that I believe in, but also to providing more of a platform for BIPOC voices in the dog world here on Cog Dog Radio. So stay tuned. Friends, I'm excited to let you know about Connection Summit Conversations. This is six candid conversations between Marissa Martino, myself, and occasionally a special guest, covering everything from the human half of dealing with dog-directed reactivity to the importance of play. So check out the link in the show notes. We're getting started soon, and you won't want to miss it. Spurred by some questions over in Patreon, I'm going to talk today about engagement. Engagement is a bit of a buzzword in dog training circles, and it has been for a few years now. And I think that the first thing we need to do, which is always the first thing we need to do, is clarify the term. What are we actually talking about? In trying to find a definition for engagement, you don't find very much that's actually helpful in regards to dog training because it originally was not a dog training term, right? So you find a lot of things like engagement to be married, engagement to have lunch, etc. right? However, there are some synonyms that I found helpful, one of them being involvement. I love that. If we said involvement, I think we'd still need to clarify the behaviors that we're seeing, but it might help you to understand that an engaged dog is one that is involved in whatever that thing is that he's engaged with. I also found several blogs talking about um, engagement in the workplace, and most of them referred to some sort of emotional attachment to the work for their employees. And I think that applies as well. If the dog has emotional attachment to the person or the task that we would like them to be engaged to, I think we, we could call them engaged. For sure, this is something that you need to train. It's not something that comes out of the box. And I think that it's really helpful to actually look at what it isn't in order to understand what it is. So what engagement is not is cued focus or attention. It is not a watch me cue, okay? So if you walk into the training center and you prompt the dog to pay attention, You are engaging the dog, not the other way around. Every time I teach in person, I encourage the person not to ask the dog for attention. I encourage the person to allow the dog to scan the environment and acclimate for as long as the dog would like to. And nine times out of ten, I have a very uncomfortable handler in front of me while they wait because they have never once waited for their dog to choose to pay attention. And they're pretty sure the dog never will. And that means that engagement has not been a trained skill. 
in this team. And that's problematic for a variety of ways. It's problematic when we talk about consent in learning. If the dog hasn't been the one that chose to engage, then are they consenting to the learning? Um, it's problematic for our fearful or nervous dogs who need to sniff and look around and decide that they are safe. It's also problematic for our dogs that um, might be, you know, I don't know, running around taking equipment without you, having a grand old time without you. And so it's also not actively eating or tugging or fetching. So if we're talking about taking our primary reinforcers from us or our reinforcers from us, um, like hanging on a tug or eating food, that's not an engaged dog. A dog that is engaged is one that returns after the acquisition of reinforcement. So you give them the toy and they bring it back to you. That says engagement to me, not the dog is attached to the toy and you never let them have it. Same with food. If, if you can't put food on the ground and have the dog finish eating that treat and bring his head right back up, you're lacking in engagement. I get a lot of people as well who are downright afraid to put food on the ground. They think they'll completely lose the dog to the environment. And I think that's very telling. I also do not think that barking at me, pushing me, screaming at me, to start the game is engagement. I think of that as, you know, very demanding kind of taking of things that they want rather than saying, I am ready. Um, I am prepared to do the thing that we are here to do. So I think of it more as a standby behavior than a demanding kind of behavior. And I know all these are very labely. The standby behavior would look like a stand or sit or even down looking at me with soft eye contact, no vocalizing. The demanding behavior is vertical or walking backwards while I try to walk, uh, barking at me, pushing at me, biting at me, jumping on me. So is engagement trained? Yes. It has to be taught. I, to date, don't know a single dog that just comes out of the womb ready to perfectly engage with a handler and start a training session. So first steps to training would be to make sure that you are not prompting the work with your dog to make sure that whenever you start work, whether you're in a tough environment or not, you allow the dog to say to you, Hey, I'm ready. And I take eye contact approach eye contact easy return to me after taking reinforcement as a cue that the dog is ready. If I have to make a noise, clap, say the dog's name to get the dog to start that sequence, doesn't count. Put that in your back pocket. Save your ability to actually recall the dog from the environment for times that you really need it. Don't use it to start your session. And then you're going to take it different places. It becomes the culture of how you train between you and your dog. It becomes a given. It becomes what you expect and what they know is expected in order to start the training session. It's one of those things that once you understand it and have felt it, you will not settle for less and you will work hard and bend over backwards to get it again. But until you have felt it and experienced it, it is hard to understand genuinely. I have so many clients who have no idea what it's like to walk into a building and have the dog snap to attention immediately uncued and say, I know that we are here to train and I'm ready for that. So you simply train it by reinforcing it. The dog pays attention, you feed, 
dog comes back after eating, you feed again, they come back again, great, start your training session. Anytime the dog disengages from the training session, that is a cue to you to stop and take a break. That is not a cue to you to re-prompt engagement. So when it simply becomes the culture that you're kind of offering a privilege here to train with you and that you're never going to force or coerce or prompt the dog into that training, things really start to change. And if you have a hard time with this, you might spend several sessions waiting for the dog to check in. And when they do, pay them. Do not freak out in jackpot. You will freak them out. Give them a treat. After they eat that treat, if they go back to the environment, let them. If they eat the treat, swallow, look up at you again and engage again, feed them again. I'm going to share some videos of this stuff over in Patreon. So make sure that you get over there because I know this is best seen. This is best observed. And I will also link some um, blogs blog posts that I like regarding this topic because it like I said it is a buzzword and it is everywhere but essentially an engaged dog to me is a dog that is saying with his body language hey I'm ready I think you're better than the environment I think what you've got to offer is more interesting to me than the environment so I'm ready to go and that's exactly what I want to see when I go train my dogs Okay, a few Patreon questions for you. This one comes from Celine, who writes, I'd like to hear about how, when, if you take size of dogs into consideration for remedial socialization, especially for the dogs whose inappropriate social behaviors seem to stem from a more fearful, unsure side, not the hypersocial friendly tornado side. If the dog who needs remedial socialization is much larger than the neutral slash socially confident dog, Is this a match you'd even attempt? Would you insist the fearful dog wear a muzzle? I've had my 25-pound Shiba Inu meet fearful and hypersocial dogs in the past in the name of some remedial socialization or practicing less disruptive ways to see and even approach dogs, but I've never had him purposefully meet a much, much larger dog who was fearful like a German Shepherd. Obviously, I love my dog and want to keep him safe. On the other hand, I want to help people locally who are struggling with their dogs and don't have their own established dog network. My second dog struggles socially with some fear-based aggression. I'm very grateful for the handful of friends of friends and their dogs who have allowed us to tag along on trail walks, well aware that my girl might have some reactions in her basket muzzle. That's the only reason she has any friends at all. So, Celine. It's a thoughtful question, um, and I appreciate kind of all of the nuance here. I think anybody attempting remedial socialization can really appreciate this question. So the first thing is that no, I would not match a much smaller dog with um, a larger dog if I thought there was kind of any risk of a fight breaking out. If that larger dog was really afraid and my, say, 25-pound dog was going to allow that dog kind of the space to warm up, then I would use a muzzle, wouldn't necessarily turn them loose together, might parallel walk them for a while before letting them interact. Um, And absolutely, the liberal use of muzzles in all remedial socialization work to me is very, very important. In general, I don't want 
the fearful or the hypersocial dog to be around a small dog that they are going to get the chance to kind of intimidate. Um, that's not the experience that I want. So in remedial socialization, we should always be thinking about cultivating the behaviors that we want to see. And oftentimes that means selecting the dogs that we have our dogs interact with really carefully to, to produce whatever those behaviors are. So, and Rhea agrees, and she is a small dog, <laughs> she says. So keep being out there and doing this good work. I really, really appreciate that you are. And I also appreciate that you've been able to find some of this help for your other dog. Next one comes from Elisa, who writes, I love the hypothetical case episodes, ca cases episode with Kim Brophy. I'm curious what she means by running interference. Obviously, you're not her, but wondering if you may have more insight into that topic. I've certainly tried to stand between the dog and a trigger to de-escalate things, and it hasn't worked. So I'm thinking there's more to what she was saying than simply blocking their view. And then Caitlin kind of also tagged onto that question and said that uh, they were wondering this as well. What does it look like in practice? So... In my experience, and I am speaking kind of on Kim's behalf here, so I could be wrong, but in my experience, what we're talking about is kind of a technique um, that is called body blocking in a lot of circles. So essentially, think about a dog that's trying to get out a door and you are blocking that door from the dog with your body. So rather than closing the door, you are physically not allowing the dog to pass through the threshold by running that physical interference. That's what I imagine it looks like. That's what I imagine Kim is referencing. Certainly, if the dog is flying off the handle over threshold and you just blocking them is not going to do anything because they aren't able to even process that you're blocking them. But Kim's kind of talking about a dog more that's pushing threshold, kind of starting to get into that not great space and you just get in there and interfere on it early and often. So hopefully that clears that up a little bit and maybe we can um, involve some of that in our live discussions over on Patreon. And the next one also is in reference to the Kim Brophy episode. This one's from Jan who writes, let's say we're out and about and I start naming the things that concern my dog. If I were to start saying things like that's just a car, that's just a bicycle, that's just a walker, etc. Would or could the phrase that's just become a cue for the dog that means I acknowledge that you have concerns about that thing, but you don't need to worry about it? If it does, that would be a great way for the dog to feel like their owner had their back. So Jan, I think that Kim is referencing a kind of higher level of language processing than that for our dogs, but probably the dog would start to pick up on that common phrase, the um, that's just piece, I think. And maybe they would start to think, okay, when the human starts the sentence with that's just, it is nothing for me to be concerned about. Sure, I think that could possibly happen. You'd need to kind of observe as you go and respond to what the dog is providing you. I do think generally what is helping the dogs in these situations is us being conversational, which is a signal to them that we are not concerned. So my opinion um, on this particular thing is that they know how to pick up on whether or not we are concerned. And if we are light and conversational, we are not concerned. And I think that that is largely really helpful for them. 
So that's it for this week. Are you on Patreon yet? It's where you can get all the extras for this podcast. The original tier over there still exists, where the dog people of the internet provide the questions for the episodes and guide the content of the podcast. But there's a new tier. You can become a Cog Dog Arena and get access to my training sessions with my own dogs. So that includes agility, obedience, behavior, and stuff with my brand new puppy, Rhea, live guest chats, and more. So go to patreon.com slash cogdogradio. The link is in the show notes. You don't want to miss out.